Good morning. When we are, uh, when we're young, we always seem to be in a mode of wanting to grow up. My 13-year-old uh, is ready to drive. <laughs> I know often when we go to the amusement parks and there's a certain height you have to be to ride the ride, there's a desire to grow up. And they'll do anything they can to make the measurement. You know, they'll put extra stuffing in their shoes. They'll comb their hair straight up just to get that height. You know, wear a hat so that it sits on the top of your head. We want to grow up. Many of us, I know, have the measuring wall in our home somewhere. And we mark as children grow. I heard one story where little boy asked his mom as, as he was getting marked, hey mom, how come, how come old people don't grow anymore? I hope that's not the case for us. I hope we don't arrive at a place that old people don't grow anymore. But again, in much of our lives and wanting to grow up, and then sometimes we get to a place where we don't want to grow up. I want to stay a Toys R Us kid. I want to keep on playing. And the scripture that we're going to look at this morning and, and bringing us to the, the culmination of all of the equipping of the saints and the giving of the gifts move us to a place that Paul is teaching us, that the Lord has planned out for us, that we're intended to grow up. And I hope we'll be asking ourselves that question this morning. Am I growing? Is my journey in the Lord moving me to growth? Am I following him? Or am I staying like a child? I think the only place we're supposed to stay like a child is childlike faith, where we're learning to trust more in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you'll minister to this body this morning. I pray that you'll, you'll bring your word uh, alive in our lives. Stir us through your spirit, Father, that, that we would uh, seek and desire to keep uh, growing up, Father, in you. We want to be followers of Christ that are mature. So, Lord, use our lives, change our lives. Help us. Help us to grow, I pray, in your name. Amen. Here's what it says in Ephesians 4.13. Again, the equipping of the saints and the building of the body until, verse 13, we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there's an ultimate purpose. There's an ultimate goal that we've been talking about. As, as he talked about, there are those who equip the saints for the works of the ministry. As Paul talked about the giving of the gifts, all of these things have an ultimate goal to bring us to maturity as a body of Christ and individually in our lives that we're growing up. To bring us into a place where we have reached, we have arrived. It says, verse 13, to come to a place of unity of faith 
until we attain that place. Attain has the idea of a traveler who's been on a long journey. And they've come off the boat and they've arrived at their destination. And that's what Paul is speaking of here. As we're on this journey, the goal, the the desire of the Lord for us is that we arrive at that place. That we get off the boat and, and the Lord has brought us to a place of maturity, of a place of unity of faith. I think often when I think of our unity and in our faith together of the Lord Jesus Christ, I think often of Jesus' prayer in John 17. As he, as he prays for us that we would become one, like he is one with the Father and the Spirit. He longs for us to have a unity like they had they have in the Trinity. And so the goal is to bring us to maturity. And we get there, and it's threefold in the scripture, in verse 13. We grow into maturity as we come into a place of unity of faith. It's, faith is, is not only that initial receiving of Christ, that we put our faith in the Lord as, as our Savior, but it's a faith where we are, are growing together, where we are learning together, where we are seeking God's word together, and it is bringing us to a unity of who our Lord Jesus Christ is. It is bringing us to a place of of following the word, a unity of faith, of knowing our Lord, of, of trusting in his truth, It really is is coming to a place where our doctrine, the Word of God, is becoming sound and together that we're seeking His truth together. It's faith as a body of Christ. And we grow together and we mature as we seek His Word in the Lord together. As we begin to surrender to His will. It's It's not just conviction or passion. It's an adherence to the Word of God together. It's not just a feeling I have. It's an obedience to Christ. And so he's growing us, and he's in the process of doing that. That's that sanctifying work that the Lord says he's doing. He continually wants to grow us up. And hopefully, again, we don't end up at that place where why is it that old people don't grow anymore? He's doing a work in us right now. He's doing a work in us as a body of Christ together. And then he's doing a work in us individually as he matures us in Christ. He's brought us as a people who are submitted to his spirit. We come to a place that we we, we together understand what we cannot do outside of his spirit, his power in us. We come to a place of new covenant that everything that happens is because of you, Lord, in my life, you're using me. We come to a place where we're spurring each other on in good deeds and good works and in life in Christ. That's a unity of the faith. That's one of the ways that he matures us and grows us up. And he's given us, in these scriptures as we've seen, he's given us spiritual gifts 
That's another way he grows us up together. That we start to use our gifts in the body of Christ. The second thing he says is that he has, he has brought us to a place of unity of faith. He wants us to mature there. And he wants us to come to a knowledge of his son. He wants us to come to a, a correct understanding of who Jesus really is. Do you ever have someone say to you, you just don't know who I am. You don't understand me. You don't know me. That's what Paul desires for us, that you don't spend time with a person and, and you still don't know them. It's like for us in our marriages, right, or any deep relationship you have. Isn't that the joy of the relationship that continues on? Is we have the opportunity, not that all of us take it, but we have the opportunity to get to know each other on a deeper level. To keep growing in the knowledge of each other. To understand the person to the core. To understand what they're all about. I love that. I love seeing that in my wife. I love seeing her continued pursuit of the word. I, I just keep, I keep seeing her. Just, she, she loves the word of God. It's beautiful to me. She loves teaching it to our children. She does that often. We get to know people. Paul's saying, as we grow, we should be growing in a unity of faith. We should be maturing in our knowledge of the Lord, a correct understanding of who He is. We not only get to know the Word of God, but the God of the Word and who He is in our life. Philippians 3.10 says, Oh, I pray that you would know His power and His resurrection, that you would experience the fellowship of His sufferings. That's that deep, intimate knowledge, isn't it? And that comes through spending time with the Lord. It comes through our time of prayer. It comes through our daily, just as we walk with Christ and we say, Lord, what do you have for me today? Lord, show me, show me what you need to show me today about myself. Right, Psalm 139? Reveal in me any way that is against you, Father. Are you beginning to know Jesus more? How long have you been a follower of Christ? Do you know him more than you did five years ago? Paul wants us to grow. Just like we did when we were little kids. What's getting in the way of that desire? We mature together as we know him, as we seek him, as we remain in the vine. That's our source, right? We remain in the vine. My father is the vine and you are you're the branches. I am the vine and you are the branches, Jesus says. My father's doing a work here in his garden. But when you remain in the vine... You daily receive his life and you're going to bear fruit, spiritual life. You're going to grow. You're going to grow. Remain in the vine. That means when you wake up in the morning, you're on your drive to work, wherever you're headed, you're like, Lord, this day is yours. I can only live it in your strength. And so, Lord, teach me. 
Are you growing in your knowledge of him? These are stages, steps in our maturity. And he says that you would become a mature man. Man or woman, basically. You become a mature person. That, that idea is that we're brought, we're brought into maturity. We're brought into completeness. We are finished. That which is full, it's lacking nothing. And I think what the Lord is saying, again, we're going to get there only in the final days as the Lord either gathers us up or we go to be with him. But we're being made mature. The, the, the word in the original language also has the, the word perfect tagged onto it. We're being made perfect, complete. He who began the good work in you, what's the promise? He will finish it. That means he's making you complete. You see, when we as followers of Christ get in some seasons where we run from the Lord, he said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm making you complete. So I'm going to draw you back to me. I'll be like the prodigal father, but I'm going to do a work in your life because I began that work in you. And even though right now you're being selfish with your life and you're choosing to be a disobedient, be disobedient, I'm doing a work on you. We trust the Lord to work in people's hearts, especially when they stray for a season. Some of us have been right there. He's drawing us, he's making us mature, he's growing us up, and he's doing this individually and he's especially doing it as a body of believers. Not just Cole Community Church, the church. He's the one building this church. He's the one who's growing us up. That we would, we would come to a place, and, and the understanding is, the emphasis is, that Paul's giving, is that we should, we should be growing up. The ultimate goal of the gifts, the ultimate goal of the preserving of the unity of Christ, the unity of the Spirit, the ultimate goal is that we should be growing up. And he really emphasizes that here. That we should have a motivation of continued growth. I love that when my kids are like, measure me today. I love that wall in our house in the kitchen. Measure me today. I think we should all be asking that, shouldn't we? Lord Jesus, measure me today. I want to live for you. I want to grow up. But we get stuck, don't we? We get to that place, I don't want to grow up. You know, I, I went to uh, Half Moon Bay recently where I grew up. And uh, I took my boys, uh, this was over Christmas time, and I took my boys up to my high school. They'd never been there. I'm like, hey, I want to show you where Dad went to high school, and I want, you to show, I want to show you where I played football, you know, on the field down there. And so we get there, and, and we show up, and, and man, there's the football field. These lucky kids, these we, we had the, like, real field, like grass, you know, and mud. They, they have this brand-new field. It's the, that spongy, nice stuff, and, and it's got the big cougars. We were the cougars. So my boys, come on, let's go down and play some football. And we started tossing the ball around, and, 
and the kids were just in heaven. They took off their shoes because it was so soft, you know, and they're just running, and we're, we're chasing after each other. And I, I was sitting there, and, and one time Caleb threw me the ball, and he was quite a ways away, and I caught the ball kind of right in the middle of the field where the big cougar was. And, man, it was just like all of a sudden I was 18 years old again. <laughs> I went right there. And I, and I went to my big plays, you know. I didn't mention to you guys I was all league and all that stuff, but we, I, won't, I won't bring that up. Most quarterback sacks in a season, it's fine. <laughs> but I went right there. And I went to being 18 again. And then, and then you get the call. Hey, Dad, throw me the ball. And you go, whoa, I'm a father of three sons. I'm a pastor of a church. I'm married. I'm not 18. I'm not 18. That was a sweet season of life. But I've grown up. And I've needed to grow up. Trust me. (laughs) You see, but sometimes we stay at 18, or sometimes we stay at 40 and have our midlife crisis, and you know what happens there. Because we don't want to grow up. The Lord's in the process of growing all of us up. I think the question for all of us is, are we going forward or are we going in reverse, back to 18 years old and trying to live like a child? I hope for us as followers of Christ, I hope that we're going forward. I hope that the measurement on the wall is getting a little higher, that we're seeking the Lord more together that we're, we're, we're loving more, that we're showing kindness more, that we're bearing that fruit that's growing up. The good thing about reminiscing is you go, it's cool to see where God has brought me from when I was 18. That's the only good thing about going back there. To say, wow, the Lord has really actually grown me up. You can do that with humility. It's not a boastful... The Lord has grown me up. And I want, you to, I want you to do that with one another today as you have lunch together. I want you to be sharing with each other where, where you've seen growth. Okay? Where have you seen growth in your friends? What have you seen about them that you've seen the Lord working in their life? For some, that may be actually a difficult thing. Maybe, maybe you've stayed a little stagnant. So I hope it spurs you on to growing up. Because we need each other to do that in the body together. To move together in our growth. You see, Paul and the Lord wants us to, to begin to grow and then we start to, to, as a church body, impact the world. We start to, to love each other. We start to pass along the good things of the Lord and His teaching. That's where our unity of faith comes in. Here's what Hebrews 5 says. For by this time you ought to be teachers. You have need again yet for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk again, not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, 
who because of practice, they've, they've learned and grown and trained to discern what is good and what is evil. They've grown up. They're now starting to eat real food. Milk was fine when we were growing. That was an okay place. They said, it's time to eat some good steak now. You should be at that place. For those of you saints who've been walking the faith a long time, you should be teaching others. You should be setting the example. And if you're not, you should ask yourself the question, why am I not doing that? I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. Lord, stir me where you want me to pass along my journey, my life in you. It's not meant for yourself. We are being grown up together, the body of Christ. And we pass along these things. So let us press on, Hebrews 6, let us press on to maturity, Hebrews 6.1. Are you growing up? He brings us to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. The great design of our Lord, the great desire of our Lord, is that he's bringing each and every one of us in the body of Christ and that he's conforming us in his image. Do you know that? He's making us to be like him. That's the work of the Lord. He's making us to have his spirit. He's pouring his love into us so that we might love others. He's making us into his image. Romans 8.29 says, He also has predestined us. He set beforehand for us to become conformed to the image of his Son. Do you see the workings of the Lord? He loves you just the way you are. But he refuses to let you stay that way. Because he's making you into his image. And that's always a growing process. And even sometimes when we kick against that, he's still wanting to grow you up. And he does that in the body of Christ. Because do you understand the body of Christ, the body of Christ is, is the reflection of who our God is. That's why we do it together. That's why we not only, not only grow personally, but that we grow together. Because the body of Christ represents and reflects and gives light to the world. And they will know we are Christians, how? By our love for one another. That's what he's doing in our midst. That's what he desires for us. One of the things that the Proverbs teaches that God hates, God hates, is a divisive spirit in the body of Christ. Because it breaks our unity and it breaks everything that he's intending to do with us. This Christian life gang is not meant to be lived alone. I know sometimes we just want to go out into the cave or into a mountain or by a stream. That's okay for a little bit. That's not what Christian life is about. We are meant to be a body together and to share life and to share our gifts with one another. 
that God has given us at great cost, right? He went to the cross. He died. He rose again. He rose to the highest place, and there he gave gifts because of all that took place. And he gave them for the common good, the building up of the body of Christ, because he's fitting us together in the body of Christ. We radiate the Lord as a church. Christ is manifesting himself in our lives. It's the Lord's church, and he uses relationships, our relationships, to reflect him. Because do you understand who God is in and of himself? He is a God of relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And if we're to be made in that image, people of relationship and community and the church, which is his bride, that means we're together, then we we love each other together. We live life. We're growing up together. And that's why we need each other. It's for the equipping of saints until we all become mature. Until we all become mature. Until we've all been completed. And I've been talking over the past several weeks about spiritual gifts. And I I need to remind you that part of the growing up together and the maturing together as a body of Christ is that we are using and living out the spiritual gifts that God has given to each one of us. At least one. Corinthians 12. To each one has been given a manifestation of the Spirit. And in Ephesians 4 it says that grace has been given to you for the body of Christ. It's for the preserving of the unity of the Spirit. It's for the fitting together of the church. We cannot grow together if you're deciding to just take off and not be part of this deal. You break, you break the unity of the Spirit and you break what God is trying to do when you choose to live life for yourself. Really. That's when people look at the church and they're like, This is supposed to be God's people? Do we reflect Jesus? Cole Community Church. Do we reflect Christ as we love each other? I know we're messy. I know we're messy. But do we enter into the mess together? That reflects Jesus, doesn't it? Where we forgive each other, where we restore, where we seek the Lord together. It's messy, this journey. But God wants to grow us up. I just wanted to remind you of a few of the gifts that he has given to us, just because I know we've been walking through them, and and I wanted to pass a few on. As you think about, how is God using me in the body of Christ to help us grow up together, and also to help me individually grow? Again, Paul says in Corinthians 12, I don't want you to be unaware, I don't want you to be ignorant, of what your spiritual gifts are. That means we need to to go after and seek what they are and learn from the Lord. It all starts by serving, by just getting out there and saying, Lord, here I am. Okay? There are gifts also in the middle of that. And one of the gifts actually is a serving gift. It's it's where we get the word deacon from. One who, who serves. I'm always amazed at these churches that that put deacon as this high office. It's never meant to be a high office. It's part of the body of Christ. 
that serves. They're, they're ones who meet the needs of men and women in the body of Christ and in the surrounding communities. They serve. We see in Acts chapter 6 where, where the apostles needed to teach and there was widows, Greek widows, who, who weren't getting the, the rations of food and being taken care of. So the apostle said, hey, let's, let's assign some people who can be deacons, who can minister and take care of that area because our gifts are teaching the word of God. That's why we need each other. Can't do it all on our own. He's given some to serve. You know, we, we have a service ministry in this church, if you're not aware of that. And the thing I love about this, this group is they, uh, when we initially started it, we were trying to set up a deacon ministry. They said, you know, we'd rather be called the service ministry. And we said, amen. All they do is, is they show up when they know there's a need. And here's the deal, gang. Most of us, most of us won't personally say, I have a need. Most of us won't. Some of us will, but most of us don't. If you know someone in this body who has some needs, could be just fixing a sink, you know, something's wrong with a the car. They're just, you know, it's, they're having a hard go of it and they need some help with some physical things around the house, whatever it could be. Then just call the church and say, I have a friend in this body who needs a fence repaired. Could the, could the service ministry do that? And I guarantee you, uh, they'll show up and they'll help get that fence built. That's because God has moved these people with just the, the desire to serve. They're behind the scenes. They don't seek any glory. They just want to be available. They want to serve. They've put roofs on houses. They've fixed cars. They've done everything you can imagine. And I love that. Gifts of service. There's a gift of mercy. It's, it's the spiritual gift and ability to, to manifest compassion, to bring care, to give aid to, and comfort to those who are spiritually hurting, to come alongside, to lift one who is downtrodden, to lift them up. You know, you often think of Mother Teresa when we think of mercy. Do you have the gift of mercy? You would be someone who would be able to enter into a hospital room and just offer God's peace. For some of us, that freaks us out. But if you have mercy, you're drawn to that. If you have mercy... You're, you're, you know, you see a homeless person on the street and you're wanting to take care of every homeless person there is. God just puts an incredible compassion in your heart, a desire to care for those who are downtrodden, who are hurting. Do you have the gift of mercy? We have people who work, we have what's called a food cupboard here. And the food cupboard is to help families when they're going through hard times with food. And the people who are involved in that ministry, I really think, have the gift of mercy. They care about those who are hurting. 
in the season of life. And they step into their lives. And we don't just give food. We, we come alongside. We want to care about the whole person and, and what's going on. Do you have the gift of mercy? It's meant to be brought into the body of Christ. It helps us grow together. Do you see this? As we are being built together, as the Lord desires to do that, he's equipping the saints for the works of the ministry. He's given you gifts so that we might all come to a place of the full measure of Christ, living out the life of Christ. And he's empowered us with spiritual gifts so that we might do that. What's your gift? There's the gift of encouragement. Reminds me of my youth pastor who, when I was teaching in Mexico when I was 16 years old, came along my side. He said, you know what, Rod? Because I think the Lord may have started to work in your life with the gift of teaching. I'm not sure. He goes, you're still young. But I see a lot of good things the Lord's doing in you. He encouraged me in the Lord. Started to give me, just going, Lord, is that what you have for me? Started asking those questions. And now I'm at a place where I just can't shut up about them. It's coming alongside. It's the same word of the Holy Spirit. Paraclete. It's one who comes alongside and enters into your life. Do you have the gift of encouragement to speak spiritual life into people and truth? And actually, sometimes that's exhortation, admonishment, because you care that a person is going off track. Maybe God has given you that ability to come alongside. I had a friend who just recently... Uh, they, were, they were out of Vegas at some big you know, computer gig, uh, all the technology gig out of Vegas. And the one buddy had a, had a ticket back. The other buddy, uh, he was driving back. This was winter time, a couple weeks ago, right? And the buddy who has his ticket gets to fly over all that snow. He says, hey, why don't I hop in the car with you? And we'll do the journey together. That's not a fun drive in the wintertime. So side by side, moving together. That's a gift of encouragement. Let me come along your side and speak truth. Some of us have the gift of giving. The gift of giving is, is literally, it, it's, it's, it's money and it's physical needs. It's not, it's not time. A lot of times we... We say, well, I, I give them my time. That's different. That's service or helps or things of that nature. But it's giving, it's giving of your resources. Barnabas did that. Barnabas, by the way, his first name was Joe. But he was such, he was such an encourager and he had such amazing gifts of giving. They named him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Because of who he was. Are you a Barnabas? He encouraged and then he sold off his valuable property in Acts and he gave it to the church so that the body of Christ had needs. It had real needs. And I love this church because there's many people in this church who just give. And then there's some who really the Lord touches and you have the gift of giving. You know the, the need. And because God has given you the resource, and God has given you the resource, 
He's the one who gave it to you. You always remember that. And because you know that, people have the gift of giving and go, Lord, what do you want me to do with your money? And so you give. God has really placed that on some people. It's part of the body of Christ together, building for the common good. Do you have the gift of giving? There's gifts of leadership where one sets vision, where one is hearing from the Lord and, and, and sets a goal because he feels the Lord is calling him to this place. My friend Gary Parsons is, uh, was a young life leader. He was the first guy in town, area director. Then God put a, a vision in his heart to go and, and minister to Russia with Young Life. He goes and he lives in Moscow in this little apartment with his beautiful daughters, his wife, going, really, Lord, what do you got me here for? But he knew the Lord was calling him. Next thing you know, people start surrounding him, following him, because he has a gift of leadership. Start catching the vision because he has the gift of leadership. And start ministering to all these students in Russia. And then it starts to spread out to Armenia, all across the former Soviet Union. Kina and I are part of this, just connected in. And it's so cool to get the reports of all of these students who have come to know the love of Jesus Christ. And to hear of all these people who have followed over there to now go serve because Gary trusted in the Lord and God gave him leadership. And the thing you always got to do in leadership, you got to look back and make sure people are actually following. No self-proclaimed leaders. Are people actually following? And people follow. That's when you know it's God's touch. But what Gary needed in his life, and some of you have this gift, is the gift of administration. The gift that actually, in the original language, it means you steer the ship. It's not about paper. If you have the gift of administration, it's not about paperwork. It's people work, and it's helping steer the ship. The guy who has the vision, most of those guys don't know how in the heck to get there. It's the gift of administration that helps them get there. And then the gift of helps are those who come in and, and, and literally come alongside the ministry and say, how can we pour in? All these beautiful banners that we have, our sister Terry does these. And Terry is, Terry is such a blessing to this church. Whenever we want to do a program, a women's ministry, she creates the most beautiful, it's this beautiful gift of helps. She's creative as all get out. But what a blessing, this whole body, because she just wants to come alongside and say, hey, how can I help bless this body with, with just these beautiful things to, to draw people together? We need each other. We need each other. And he's bringing us to this place of maturity and growth. He's growing us up as a body of Christ. We need to use our spiritual gifts so that we are growing together. Without you, we fail. Without you, we struggle. And so my prayer for us, dear saints, is that we continue to grow in the unity of faith, in the knowledge of a son, that we become mature 
and live out in the fullness of who Christ is, to that full measure of Christ. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your goodness. And I thank you for your life in us, in this body of Christ. And Lord, I just pray that, that Lord Jesus, that you would uh, minister to us, that you would use our lives, stir us up through your spirit. And Father, this morning as we take communion, I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that you would speak to our, our hearts as we sit and reflect about really coming to know who you truly are. Father, that you, that you love us so much that you gave your son for us. Lord Jesus, minister to us, I pray. We want to know you more. Lord Jesus, we want to strive to grow, to grow up, Lord. Help this body. Help this body to grow together. We thank you for your life in us because we, of your Son, Jesus. You've given us life. We are made alive in Christ. Thank you, Father. In your name, amen.